Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about psychosomatic illnesses with help from neurologist Suzanne O'Sullivan. And you'll learn how scientists saw behind a black hole for the first time. Let's satisfy some curiosity. When I say an illness is psychosomatic, what does that mean to you? That it's all in your head? Or maybe that it's not even real? Well, today's guest is here to clear up all of those misconceptions. Suzanne O'Sullivan is a neurologist and science writer who has just published her latest book, The Sleeping Beauties and Other Stories of Mystery Illness. It's all about psychosomatic disorders that grip individuals or even whole communities and what's being done to treat them. Have a listen. What a psychosomatic illness is real physical symptoms. And I'm really emphasizing the word real here because they're every bit as sort of problematic and troubling to the person who's affecting them as any other illness. Real physical symptoms that are not caused by a disease and usually have a, a psychological cause. But a psychological cause does not have to mean stress or anxiety. Anything can cause a change in how we interpret our bodies difficulty recovering from an injury, how the attention we pay to our bodies can make us notice symptoms we wouldn't usually notice. And once we notice them and they disable us, they become a psychosomatic disorder. So in your research right now, what game-changing science has been conducted in the last, let's say, 20, 30 years to help us understand these better? Yeah, I think what's really helped is that now for the first time we can look at healthy brains. So I trained as a doctor sort of in the late 1980s into the 1990s. And we have to remember that at that time, there was no safe way to look inside the body at the healthy brain. We had a CAT scan, which comes with loads of radiation. So you're not able to sort of just do CAT scans on anybody because you've got potentially harming them and you certainly can't do it on a child with a developing brain. So when I was training as a doctor, we didn't even really know what was happening inside a healthy brain or what a really healthy brain of a child as they grew up looked like. We now have lots of ways of interrogating what's happening in the brain in healthy people. And we have ways of serial scanning people courtesy of the MRI scan. And how that's really helped us with psychosomatic disorders is that it's helped us to overcome this problem that people have where they think, that psychosomatic disorders are faked illness. So this is a really big problem for people with psychosomatic disorders is everyone thinks they're pretending and they think that they're just looking for particular kinds of care or money, for example. We can now do a functional MRI and look at someone, for example, with psychosomatic paralysis. So someone whose leg isn't moving, but their nervous system is intact, so they should be able to move their leg. And we judge that to be psychosomatic. If we put somebody in a functional MRI scanner and we ask a healthy person to pretend to be paralyzed and we compare their brain with a person who has psychosomatic paralysis, we can see that completely different areas of the brain activate in these people. So you can now, using functional MRI, tell the difference between a person who is pretending to be paralyzed and someone who has a psychosomatic paralysis. And I think that's been really useful. I've always believed absolutely in the reality of these disabilities, but I think a lot of people don't. You know, when you hear your neighbor is in a wheelchair and you think they've got some, you know, serious disease like motor neuron disease, for example, and then you hear, oh, it's not that, it's psychosomatic. I think a lot of us sort of downgraded a bit in our brains and think, oh, 
oh, I thought he had something serious wrong with him, but now it, I see it's not real. And that's a lot of people's attitude. But what functional MRI allows us to see now is that whatever is happening in the brain of people with psychosomatic disorders constitutes something very different to faking illness and that it proves it is a real disorder for those who needed it proven. I'm just putting myself in the shoes of someone with a psychosomatic disorder, though, and imagining telling my doctor that, like, I really have a a paralyzed leg and they say there's nothing wrong with you. Getting them to put you in an fMRI to prove it, that would probably be pretty hard, right? Yeah, but you shouldn't have to. But you are correct. But I've got to point out something in the language here. I think that we all betray ourselves. So you you said you're paralyzed and then your doctor says there's nothing wrong with you. Well, herein we have the problem, isn't it? We all are betraying ourselves a little with the language because if you have a psychosomatic disorder and you can't move your legs, there is something wrong with you. And you, you shouldn't need a scan to prove that. And I think it's useful for people to think about how easy it is for us to derail our bodies with very little. So our sensory and motor controls are, there's a lot more going on unconsciously to keep us moving and to help us negotiate the world than we realize. And the unconscious controls of our sensory and motor systems are very easily knocked out of whack. So for example, if I said to somebody, well, can you walk this straight line on the road? Most people would do that without any difficulty whatsoever. Then if I said to them, can you stand on the edge of this cliff or on top of this wall, you know, and walk this straight line? Suddenly it entirely changes the way that you move. So just merely thinking about your body differently or changing your circumstances changes the way you think about your body and move. It's the same for sports people, you know, sports people who have to, you know, play a big match. It changes their motor control and some people psychologically affects their coordination and their ability to play in certain psychological situations. So it takes very little to kind of derail the sensory and motor control and to create disability. But when it happens, it is very real. Suzanne told us that not only are psychosomatic illnesses real, but they're really common. She estimates that a third of people who go to the doctor have some sort of psychosomatic illness. We just need to better understand the interaction between psychology and our own biology and normalize this very real disorder. Again, that was Suzanne O'Sullivan, a neurologist and science writer who has just published her latest book, The Sleeping Beauties and Other Stories of Mystery Illness. Her writing has been compared to Oliver Sacks, so I would definitely pick it up if I were you. Suzanne will be back tomorrow to talk about one famous event that many characterized as a mass delusion at a high school and what really happened. While scientists were observing a supermassive black hole 800 million light years away, they saw something unexpected. An echo of light that was time delayed and color shifted. This curious flash came from a never before seen source from behind the black hole. This is the first time that scientists have seen behind a black hole. It's all because of the extreme physics that govern these exotic objects. So here's how this works. When matter, like clouds of gases, are pulled into a black hole, they follow a specific progression. First, the gases swirl and spread out in a disk around the black hole. As this matter is gradually pulled into the black hole, It's battered by the intense gravity and contorted by the extreme magnetic fields. 
These strong forces heat it to millions of degrees and lead it to emit super energetic x-rays. That forms a bright ring known as a corona that we can detect here on Earth. So even though black holes are infinitely dark, after all, no light can escape them, the action around them is extremely bright. That's why it's been so difficult to see behind them. Until now. See, by observing the corona, scientists can tell a lot about the matter that's falling into the black hole. The gas disk isn't uniform, so sometimes when more matter falls into the black hole, the corona flashes more brightly. We can detect these X-ray flares over days or weeks. But some of those particles take a different path. Instead of traveling straight out, they bounce off the disk of gas around the black hole. Then the extreme warping of space-time around the black hole causes those X-rays to echo back around to the other side. And that's exactly what the scientists saw happen. Instead of a single flare, there were multiple flashes, and these flashes were fainter and color-shifted. That was evidence that they were seeing the reflected light from behind the black hole. Understanding the dynamics of black holes, including what lies behind them, is a critical part of any theory of galactic formation. That's because black holes are frequently found in the center of galaxies, and that includes this one that we saw behind. After all, black holes are so massive, they often collect vast amounts of matter around them. These observations were from IZWICKY-1, a galaxy about 800 million light-years away. This galaxy's rotation is slowing down, and scientists aren't sure why. Fortunately, these observations will help them figure out what's behind the mystery. Hey, Ashley, let's recap what we learned today. Sure, Cody. First, we learned that a psychosomatic illness is an illness that comes with real physical symptoms that affect a person, but that aren't caused by any disease. They usually have a psychological cause. And brain scans using fMRI machines have shown that psychosomatic symptoms appear in the brain in different places than just when you're faking an illness. The big takeaway is that a person with a psychosomatic illness doesn't think something's wrong with them. Something is wrong with them. It's just that the reason is different than what we might be used to. Right. Like she said, I mean, if you can't move your left arm, then you can't move your left arm. It doesn't really matter what's causing it. That's kind of a problem whether it's psychosomatic or not. So, yeah, learned a lot in how to, you know, talk about these things and treat them. They shouldn't have such a stigma because a problem is a problem. Yeah, it's always important to increase our understanding of what people are going through. And I know I had misconceptions about psychosomatic illnesses before we talked to Suzanne O'Sullivan. So hopefully this gives other people a little bit more understanding too. Also, Cody and I recently learned that some listeners think that the interviews that we feature on the show are because we're paid to do them. Like we're plugging the book because the book is sponsoring the show. That's not at all how this works. Yeah. None of the guests we have had on our show ever have ever been paid by us or paid us money to be on the show, except for one specifically sponsored episode that we had like three years ago on a weekend that we began the episode by saying this is a special sponsored episode and told you the sponsor. But for the last at least two years, no one's been paid and we have not paid anyone. So there's no transactional nature whatsoever. And I was I was surprised to learn also that that this was a, a common 
understanding. Yeah. So the, the authors and experts that we feature on the show are handpicked by us. Honestly, we get a lot of offers for people to be on the show and we do not say yes to all of them. We're we're pretty picky about who we present to you. So hopefully that clears some things up. Yeah. And we also learned that for the first time, scientists saw light from behind a black hole. They were observing x-rays emitted from the corona when they noticed multiple flashes that were fainter and color shifted from normal. That's evidence that they were seeing x-rays echoing off of the disk of gas around the black hole and being warped by the gravity until they came out the other side. What can't we see from looking at black holes, Ashley? What can't we see? I love how much black hole news is coming out recently. Just give it all to me. But I mean, yeah, when you say like seeing behind a black hole, it sounds nonsensical, right? Because you can't. It's just like a it's like a hole in space time feels like. I mean, it's not technically, but that's what it feels like. And so the idea that there would even be a behind is bizarre. But there is. They are three dimensional objects. Some say they are actually two dimensional objects that appear three dimensional, like a hologram. But that's in another episode. We won't go into that here. <laughs> All I want to know is what happens if researchers send a time crystal into a black hole. I think it would just get sucked in. I don't know. I don't know, Cody. <laughs> it's because you didn't even know what they look like. Right. Which is fine. They have to be in like really controlled settings. And it's just, I don't think it would work. Nope. Probably not. Let's move on. Okay. The writer for today's black hole story was Brianna Brownell. Our managing editor is Ashley Hamer, who is also an audio editor on today's episode. Our producer and lead audio editor is Cody Goff. Do you know you can see behind this podcast? It's true. All you got to do is look at our show notes. You'll see all that was involved in coming up with our stories. And you can do it today, or you can do it when you join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. Stay curious.